three, two, one. How's it going? It's going really good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. It's good to meet you. Um, I looked, you know, I went through your Instagram and I, I, it's very interesting to me and I love the way that you're portraying Albuquerque, portraying the community. And uh, I think it's, I think it's cool. So like what, what got you into like that avenue of not only just like entrepreneurship, but just displaying the city. Like, are you born and raised here? Yes, I am. So I'm born and raised. I grew up here. And so growing up, my dad was very like connected to the community. He did real estate and then he was into taxes. And so he would work with all these different small businesses around Albuquerque. So as a little girl, he would take me around. So I would meet all of these small business owners and I love to watch him interact with them and to like spotlight them kind of and help them out when they needed a little bit of help starting out, you know, with their small business. Right. And so it really started at the beginning of the pandemic. I think a lot of people like saw the pandemic as a way to maybe shift, to pivot. All of this is a post pandemic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it like can make you step back, reevaluate and then go, okay, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and am I doing the thing that I want to be doing? And is there more I can do? And so I was like, okay, well, I had always been into Instagram anyways, because I like fashion. I like clothes. I'm a social person. And so I was like, okay, well, how can I like make myself stand out? And how can I make myself a little bit different than all of these other people on Instagram, right? And so I was like, okay, like what makes me different? Oh my gosh, I'm in New Mexico and we don't have a really, you know, necessarily, it's not spotlighted necessarily in the best light. Um, we always make the news not for the best reasons. And I was like, but that's like not how I see New Mexico. That's not how I see Albuquerque, you know, born and raised here. I see the beautiful things that we have to offer. So that's kind of what gave me that, move forward and what I was doing. And so when you started out doing it, was there, what, did you only focus on small business and go from there? Did you go on and look at like specific people in the community that are maybe a little more famous than others or people that are like making more of a difference? Like what was your avenue of, of approach for that? Okay. So I, well, I already knew some people that had small businesses here and I had known them on Instagram for a long time. And so when things started to open up a little bit, um, I had an opportunity to do a radio show at TelABQ. And so I did a radio show. It was called Social Q actually. Oh, so okay. I, I kept that name yeah. because it's just <laughs> such a good name. I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of that name. And so it gave me an opportunity to start reaching out. It, it really gave you that bridge of conversation, kind of probably similar with you in this podcast, right? It gives you that opportunity to like, okay, this gives me that little bridge of, hey, this is why I want to meet these people and see what they're doing. And so that was my like little thing that I could put out. Hey, can I have you on my radio show? Can I spotlight what you're doing? And man, I interviewed all kinds of different places. I'm good friends with Nicole Kapnanson from Nickel, but she also owns Meraki. And then her dad's like really connected to the community when he used to own Yanni's and then they still own Mykonos. So she's a friend that I had had for a long time. So, you know, you go to the people you know first that want to help hopefully support what you're trying to yeah. do. And so... 
that was one of my like really I was like okay awesome and then I know you had Aaron on yeah. your podcast Mafaletto I've known Aaron for a really long time actually oh, we've cool. known each other okay. since like college and she was um my first guest on my radio oh, wow. show yeah that's cool <laughs> so you know just those like you know connections so you reach out to the people you know people that you know that are connected to the community already um and they really helped me support my small business while I was supporting their small business at the same time so that was really cool no that's great yeah, that's exactly how I started this is I had no idea what I was doing and actually me Joey was my first uh guest and we did it in because I used to live uh on the in the heights in a condo and we had this little little tiny dinner table and these like the cameras were I think 20 bucks a pop and they didn't have a brand it just said video camera like it was out of the back <laughs> of some Chinese warehouse like right. it was so cheap and um but that was exactly my approach is like go to the people that i know like see if they'll do it and it's like maybe i can get 10 episodes out of it and just see where it goes from there and you're right like the more you go out and the more you get to speak to people it's kind of weird how i don't know if it's the same anywhere else obviously this is all i've ever been but doors just kind of open and it's very it's i'm, I'm thankful for it, but it's very strange to me because albuquerque like to me um, to be honest, growing up was a very like, I saw it through a, a bit of a different lens. It was more of a violent place and more of like, you know, people are waiting for their opportunity to get out. And so, which I find is very interesting is you are going through the approach of, I want to keep people here, show the great things about Albuquerque and then actually entice people to come in. Absolutely. Which I think is great. Um, because we need that quite frankly. And then especially now that we're going through this, um, uh, this governor election cycle, I, I think, like I was watching the debate that they had um, like five days ago, six days ago. And it's, it's a shame to me that like they weren't highlighting what's great about the place. It's just consistently just like tearing each other down and like, oh, this is what you did wrong. You can't do this. And it's just absolutely bananas to me. Um, when you're going out and you're talking to these small business owners and you're talking to these people, like, do you find that they get affected like incredibly by the politics here? Or is it kind of just like, ah, oh, well, that's that's a problem in Santa Fe. That's a problem like not in my own. A lot of people kind of live in their own bubbles. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so absolutely. You, do politics ever come up whenever you're talking to these people? Or like they say, oh, well, I wish the governor did this. Or I wish that we had, you know what I mean? Has that ever come up? Yeah, no, it actually hasn't. Um, when they did start changing, you know, what was going on with the liquor laws, that was like a big conversation because I highlight a lot of restaurants. And so they were excited about this new opportunity, you know, a new way to bring in new customers into their business and to spread their wings into this whole new avenue. You know, if they're a brewery, now they can be serving hard alcohol. And so that opens up a completely different you know, door for them. But yeah, I haven't heard anything specific. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't touch a lot of politics. Sometimes I feel like ignorance can be a bit of bliss. Um, and I agree with you like that negative energy. I think when you really focus on the negative and then you get like sucked into that, it can completely change what direction you're wanting to take yourself into. And so I'm really into like yoga. I do a lot of meditation because I feel like that's all outward kind of stuff. And I really focus more on my the in and what I'm doing for myself, because the more I can better myself, the more I can be a better person for the people around me, you know? And that, exactly what you just said towards the end, the people around you. And you said that your other job is being a middle school teacher. Yes. So how do you feel all of that affects the way that you teach, the way you communicate? Because middle school is an awkward time of life for everyone involved. Yes. So. 
it, so it how does, awkward. <laughs> yeah, so how does that like affect the way you approach your classroom, the way you close like your, your teaching techniques? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think that what I've done with social cue and what we've done with social cue, um, cause my friend Jade and I, we do social cue together. So it's okay. a, a women's business, you know, supporting other, you know, businesses around town. And so our goal was, you know, community. And so being, a please su- feel free to continue. I'm just going to like check the audio. Oh yeah, stuff. for yeah. sure. Um, to be a successful middle school teacher, you have to be able to create a really good community. And then that's been like a real big push since, post-pandemic because the social emotional aspect of you know what the kids need is huge they need that social emotional help and so community is huge to that so I think I take that what I'm able to do in the classroom cute you know create that community I'm trying to push that into the other avenues of my life no it's awesome how long have you been a teacher for 16 years <laughs> oh my god a long time so you you went through school and just immediately started teaching i'm assuming yeah so i went to unm i i knew i wanted to be a teacher per, pretty early on i was a tennis player in high school and so i would teach tennis lessons to kids and i was like hey, i like teaching like it's a fun thing to do you get off during the summer too <laughs> and i, I remember I, I saw my dad oh my gosh always having to work so hard um that i was like okay i want a job where i know that i have benefits i know that i'll have pension and so it was uh, you know one of those like no-brainers for me i was like i feel like i'll be good at it so it kind of naturally took me into that place of being an educator so how are your first couple of years doing that were they super daunting was it super like i have no idea like i'm about as lost as the kids like what's going on because i feel like that's a lot a lot of teachers that i've talked to feel that way um well no not really because i'm not someone that's afraid to go out and get help I think that that's huge. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, okay, I want to make sure that I have like everything together and I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm the first one to say that I never know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's yeah, totally e- okay. Ego is very much a human problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've let go of ego a long time ago. Like it's far away. And I think that that's sometimes like really what can be like silly about like with Instagram and things like that. People may have a certain perception of me and the certain kind of person I am, but I'm not necessarily that person that's focused on... Um, I don't know. It's more about like, not just what you look like, it's about who you are and how you make people feel, you know? Um, So, you know, in the terms of when I started out as teaching, I was really lucky to have a really amazing support system at the school I had started at. And so the co-teacher that I was working with, we were teaching the same thing. And a man, he like set it up for me and I would go in and I'd watch him teach. I would see how he was setting up the lesson because I teach ancient history. So it's like the rise of civilization all the way through the Renaissance. So I cover a good 10,000 years of history and it's a lot, it's a lot to cover. And I was like, I was intimidated, but I said right away, I was like, I do not know what I'm doing and that's totally okay. But, um, I focused on building relationships because if you built relationships with the kids, it makes things so much easier. Right. And so it's good you bring that up too, the relationship aspect, because I know a huge criticism just across the board, not just in New Mexico, but just when the lockdowns happened, because I'm assuming you had to switch to Zoom, right? Oh, absolutely. So when all that happened, how did you, like, what, what strategy changed? What approach changed? Because Zoom is like a completely different animal. Oh, absolutely. Let alone with, you know kids right so when we first went into lockdown um it was right after spring break was like the time that march kind of time so we didn't go back really pretty much till the end of that year um i would you know send out 
messages to the kids, emails to the kids and things like that. And then when we started back at the next year, like you said, it was a completely new beast that we hadn't ever tackled before. Um, so we had to make sure that the kids had Chromebooks and I just like dove in. I was like, okay, I need a Google classroom. I need to get comfortable presenting my screen, doing things like that. Um, luckily I like being on camera, so it wasn't a problem for me. I was like, this is fine. This is just like a new avenue, um, for me to maybe tap into, um, hopefully a skill set that I have. And I was able to do what I needed to do taught until April is when we went back to in-person and, you know, for the most part, I would say that the kids got what they needed to out of it. But I think that we're still seeing the trauma um, from that. You know, the kids that I'm teaching this year, I think they were third graders when it happened, right? So um, it's interesting to see that their development is a little bit different. I see that they really have a quest, a, a, a thirst to be social with each other. And so I've been really trying to break in opportunities to take them outside to let them connect and to have some really natural relationships with each other because they didn't have that. And, you know, the early childhood development is happening all the way up until, I don't know, in your twenties, like you're still developing, you know, we're yeah. still developing now. What the heck, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't ever stop. We're always growing. We're always developing. And so, um, yeah, just trying to make sure that they have what they need because they went through a lot. You know, we all did. Yeah. Did you kind of see that as, so you said you went back into the classrooms in that fall, you stayed in the Zoom digital arena until April. In that time period, did you kind of see like the, I don't want to say like the mental state, but like the, the sociability and the way they interact because they weren't really interacting. They're staring at a screen. So that's, I'd say easily like 80% of that interaction is cut. Did you see like a lot of that just sociability starting to crack and starting to like kind of fall apart? I mean, a little bit, but I did like force them. So luckily I had watched like a lot of Twitch streams and things like that. So I kind of took the approach of like being a streamer almost <laughs> because I was like, okay, if I do that and then I'm like getting the kids to like blast the feed, I'm getting that interaction. So maybe if it's not even the most ideal interaction. It's unique. I'll give yeah. you that. That's very unique <laughs> because a lot of it, like a lot of the criticism that I've heard is it's just straight up Zoom and there's no real like... I, mean, I couldn't even imagine being a teacher of kids anyway, trying to control a classroom when they get rowdy, but like controlling that over Zoom is, could be impossible in my opinion. So having that kind of feedback is, I mean, that's a good approach. It's interesting. Yeah. And I'm really into games. Like I, I like doing games in my classroom. And so I was like, okay, well, how can I do a game in a digital world? So I just like created things on Google Sheets. Like these kids build civilizations. They got points for participation, for showing up to the class. If they had their cameras on, I gave them more points because a lot of the kids would just turn their cameras off. So you didn't know if they were there or not. So I wasn't requiring it because you couldn't, but it gave them a little, yeah, you couldn't force them to have their cameras on because you didn't know what kind of setting they were in. And so it was a comfort situation. And a man, middle school, like you said at the beginning, is awkward, right? And so having like your camera on your face when you're like not feeling the most confident as, you know, an 11, 12 year old, it's not the most ideal situation. So especially yeah. <laughs> in the, the age of social media. Absolutely. Especially I know. So. Yes. So what was, what were the guidelines? I, I didn't even think of that. Like what were the guidelines for using that digital platform? 
Um, so we were, we went to a block schedule. So we would see classes on opposite days. Mondays were an advisory day. So it was like a check-in, social, emotional. And then you'd have your like first, third, and fifth on two of the days. And then your second, fourth, and sixth on the other two days. Interesting. So what did that first check-in look like? How is that every week or is that every day? Like, what did that look like? It was, um, well, every Monday we would have the check-in with our advisory kids and that gave us an opportunity to call parents, call families, whomever it might be. If we were worried about a kid, it gave us time to meet with the team. So if we needed to reach out to families, um, and then it also gave us an opportunity if kids needed help with some of their Google assignments, they could come in and get tutoring during that time too. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that sounds like a very good proactive measure as far as it goes like mental health emotional health that kind of thing because i know again a huge uh side effect of all of this is like you kind of bring up a little bit earlier the developmental process of these kids just got halted or actually taken back a couple of steps because that i mean let's say like two years maybe year and a half was completely just stunted oh absolutely and then they weren't seeing each other's faces yeah. and then we had to wear masks where you also don't see faces over, and so not over zoom well, right. no, no okay. but like, some oof. would, though. It was interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Teach their own. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess. But <laughs> so when so when you did get back into the classroom and the masking mandates were put in place for kids, like how did what was the approach to like encourage them to do that? Because I, I would imagine kids don't want to do that inherently. Right. Well, actually, it was really weird. So I think the kids had maybe mixed feelings about it. It was like, oh, we hate these. But then when it was lifted, then you had kids that were still wearing them. But it seemed like they weren't wearing them because of the pandemic. They were wearing them because they didn't want people to see their faces because some people had never seen them before. So they seemed really uncomfortable for people to see what they look like. So some of the kids that I had last year, I'm actually seeing their faces this year because they didn't feel like taking their masks off when it was lifted because they just didn't want people to see what they looked like. That's really it's sad. Really sad. Oh my God. Well, because a lot of people would think and criticism that I've heard is just, well, it's the parents. The parents are the ones forcing it on them. It's their ideologies that are forced on them. You to wear it or to not wear it. And the kids just kind of follow suit. But it's almost worse to know that like it's coming from them for that reason mm-hmm. because it's yeah. like I, you haven't seen my face. I have no desire to show it to you in a public set. Uh-huh. That's scary. It is scary. That's really scary. Uh-huh. It's really scary. Um, because I mean the mental health crisis across the board just got so much worse during the pandemic. I have a buddy who's a uh, state police officer up in Clovis and Clovis. I mean, for anyone listening, who's not in New Mexico, it's not a very big town. Um, to call it a super tiny, yeah, to call it even a town is being real generous. (laughs) Um, but he was telling me how they would have maybe a week, one suicide before the pandemic, maybe, but during the pandemic, it was five a week. Wow. Yeah. It was five a week. And he's like, we don't even know what to do about it because like it's out of our hands. We're, we're the cleanup crew, unfortunately. Right. And a lot of it were kids under 18, unfortunately. Um, which is insane. So le- learning about like a, a little, like a pocket issue like that, where these, I'm sure it wasn't even a pocket issue because that kind of just goes across the board. A lot of kids, I'm sure, were doing that because if you're developing hiding your face, like what does that do to you mentally? That's that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yep. And then going into the back into like the social media aspect of it, um, do you find that like I mean every kid like has a smartphone, has a tablet, has this, that, and the other is phone usage is that like a problem in the classroom because i've heard that a lot 
Yeah. So we have a new principal this year. So with our new um, rules with the cell phone, they should be in off and in the backpack from 805 to 305. And so, so far, so good. I mean, there's going to be the older they get, the more they like push it or, you know, with them being sixth graders this year, they're like, okay, this is the expectation. This is, you know, how it's supposed to be. So, so far, so good. Um, you know, I think if it's anything, if you set the boundary at the beginning, you're setting yourself up for a lot more success rather than failure. And so it's, you know, setting that boundary right away. But of course it's an addiction, um, you know, for some of the kids, it's, you know, how they interact with each other. And I'm just lucky that I didn't have to grow up with even having to worry about that. Um, because you know, I have probably a problem with my phone too and I'm an adult. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, I had to, uh, I I had to get time limits set on my phone for all the apps because I was on it way too much. Um, and then, because Instagram is just a whole or social media is a big part of your life. Like and teachers, like, although you do teach the specific um, subjects you have, I feel like teachers have to kind of be like almost a second parent to the kids and has like social media usage or like phone usage, like self-control. Does that ever come up in the classroom? Mm, No, not too much. I mean, we do have conversations about that. And, you know, I talk with them about digital citizenship because they all do have a Chromebook. So what do you mean by digital citizenship? So digital citizenship is like, you know, you as someone, you have certain responsibilities within different aspects of your life, right? And being a good digital citizenship is like, you know, not talking poorly to people on the internet, not bullying them on the internet to kind of approach it with like, if you were actually sitting in the room with that person, like how would you actually act towards them? Because that's how you should approach, you know, um, your social media as well. And then, you know, the appropriate sites to go on, appropriate things to look at. So that's being a good digital citizenship, you know, kind of following those specific protocols. And so how how have you, like, because traversing social media yourself, how have you had to apply that to your own life? Because I mean... I couldn't even imagine, like, I try to have a social media presence for this and it's, it's so much work and it's so much of a process. And then I got a really bad habit when I first started like really regularly posting is I would post and easily for an hour afterwards, I'd just be hitting refresh. How many people interacting? To see how it's going. going. I was like, fuck, that's bad. (laughs) Like, this is bad. So now I just kind of post it and I will put my phone somewhere else just because I'm, I don't want to get in that habit of trying to get. You know, you're trying to get a dopamine reaction Mm -hmm. out of posting and then getting, you know, the feedback. So what do you have to do for your own kind of Well, I can say for the algorithm, you actually don't want to post and then just walk away because (laughs) you actually do want to post and then not worry about your post, but you want to, one, any of your hashtags that you've picked, you want to tap into those hashtags and go interact with people that are hashtagging the same thing as you because that will help your post in the algorithm. So if I were to post something that's yeah. like hashtag, uh, I don't know, podcasters of New Mexico, yes. I tap on that and I find other posts, interact with those, they help mine? Absolutely, because that will help other people who are also New Mexico podcasters, one, maybe know that you're out there now, you're showing that you're giving an appreciation to their post, and it helps your reach. Interesting. So maybe stay and you kind of want to go 30 minutes right before and 30 minutes right after. So you already want to kind of know what your hashtags are, engage a little bit before, throw that post in there and engage about 30 minutes after. 
Interesting. <laughs> it's going to see, so you can't just walk <laughs> away. If you want it to get better, it's all about, and a lot of people make the mistake with posting. They like post and then they just like wait for people to engage on theirs. No, it's like called engagement for a reason because it's not just people coming to your page and doing stuff. You know, it's got to be symbiotic. So you got to go and engage. You got to actually, you know, write on people's, you know, posts that they do. You can't just be scrolling and hovering and looking. <laughs> you have to actually engage if you want engagement back. So I think that that's like the biggest thing for that's really difficult for especially like small businesses, people who aren't comfortable with social media. That's a place where they often like leave it off to the side. They don't no. understand. It's not just about posting. It's about you actually engaging in other people. Yeah, well, because I know for a lot of people, especially like small business owners that are a little bit older, they're up in their 50s and their 60s and they're trying to run their business, trying to advertise properly. They just, it, and it's just so foreign to them that they're like, I'm just going to not deal with that. And then for other people, regardless of their age, you know, because for as much as good social media brings, there's a ton of negative. And it seems like all we hear about is the negative, like through the news or whether it's because like. Well, because that's the news. And yeah. that's how the news gets gets yeah. its game. It's got to be <laughs> focusing on the negative. They don't even want good stories. They don't want the feel good, yeah. unfortunately. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I don't know, just I feel like this is across the board for everybody, but you know, it's the negative stuff that gets the clicks, the negative stuff that gets shared so much because it's like so like catchy to the eye or so enticing. So, and then you look at your page like yours where it's just like overwhelmingly positive. And, well, thank you. <laughs> so like, do you, do you feel like, you know, you doing that? Like, do you, you feel like you're kind of fighting any kind of battle against like negative stuff that you find on your social media feed or do you feel like you're just going about your business? Ooh, good question. Well, I think maybe just going about my business um, because that's just who I am as a person. I've always been more optimistic. That's just like, I guess I have the rose color lens. Is that what it is? Like, that's just how I've like always lived my life. I'm a dreamer. And so I try to approach everything kind of with that lightness, that dream. Yeah. I mean, life is short. None of us get out of it live, right? So you <laughs> yeah. might as well have Not fun anyway. while you're here. Yeah. Like, and so you know, it's easily easy to focus on the negative, I think. But I think that's just some, how some people are. But you can always change your mindset if you want to. And I mean, that, that was a big thing. I, it was like, you know, there's always these different like catchy things and different things. So mindset was a big thing, especially even in the classroom, I would say maybe like 10 years ago, that was a big thing, like changing your mindset, right? That fixed mindset. I, mean, I can do this. Right. Not like I can't do this, you know? So, um, it is though. It's huge. You're the only person that can control like where you're going to be going into the future. You can't be working, looking outwardly for it at all. It's all about you. No, it's a lot of, well, at least what I've found is it's a lot of like to kind of go on like the more like commonly spoken phrase. Like it's a lot of self-determination. It's a lot of, you kind of, no one's going to like give it to you. You have to go out there and find it, figure it out. I mean, like, granted, I'm never going to sit here and say I did this alone. Like, this is, this was a team effort without a doubt. I have some amazing friends around me. But at the end of the day, if no one's going to really do it for you, people Absolutely. can help. But it's not going to do it for you. So where, kind of on that note, like, where did you learn? Because I mean, you have a pretty solid social media presence. Like, where did you learn all of that? Was it getting mentored? Was it a lot of trial and error, a mixture of both? Like, how did you go about doing that? 
So I guess it was a little bit about determination, like you said, and I had a specific goal for myself. I would actually sit and visualize the direction that I wanted to take my Instagram profile, my social media presence. And once I had this mental plan of what I wanted to do, I took that and I started taking steps forward, small steps every single day. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to maybe do this today. I'm going to do this. This is content. I'm going to be, you know, batch content creating today on this specific thing. And so I think a lot of people have the misconception with my Instagram presence is that I'm getting paid a bunch of money for what I do and working with these businesses that I work with. And my sweet friend KK, she like looked at me the other day. She's like, she's like, people just don't even know, Ashley, like you're just doing this because you care about people and people have a specific, you know, I think that they do think because I do, you know, dress nicely. I have a nice home. I have nice things, but I work from eight to three and then three to eight every single day. It's not just happening. <laughs> like I've worked for everything that I have. Yeah. My, my family did not come from like th these like, you know, rich beginnings. I've had to build it all myself, you know? So, so it takes a lot of work. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> um, so where, where did your, is your family born and raised in or New Mexico as well or? No. So my dad, he grew up in Montana. My mom grew up in California. My dad ended up coming down here with his family. My dad was actually 26 years older than my mom. Um, he was renting out a room. My mom rented the room and then I happened <laughs> <laughs> and kind of just went from there. So I have this very like love of nature, love of the outdoors, loving of people from my dad, hard worker. And then from my mom, she's such a hard worker, very determined. Um, and I kind of luckily got the best of both of my parents. I feel like I tried to take both positive things from the things that I saw that were their strengths and try to build them up within myself. No, that's interesting. That's a very interesting happenstance how they met. That's that's funny. That is funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but just the work that you that people have to put into, and that's the misconception I had for the longest time was that you know if you all you have to do for social media is just post, walk away, or post, and you suddenly get all these brand deals, these small business deals. But no, you have to actually go out and meet these people, network. Like, did was networking a learned skill for you, or just because of like your personality is so upbeat, light? happy it kind of came a little naturally to you well I think that I oh maybe a little bit of both um I I've always been I guess considered myself like a team player like I like I don't like doing things by myself I appreciate having people around me and meeting new people seeing what they do what makes them tick like just finding out people's stories I think is so interesting which obviously you find to be very interested in as well, or you wouldn't be here. Um, and I think that you can learn a lot about yourself from learning from other people because you'll hear their stories. You don't have to agree with them to learn from them. And I think that people with social media, maybe they think like, oh, well, I hear what you're saying and I disagree. Okay, well, that's fine. You don't have to agree, but you don't also have to be nasty about it either. <laughs> you know, you just don't have to be horrible. So, you know, to get a little bit more into the networking part, I think that that kind of just bloomed from what we were already doing. Um, so the first event we did was last August and we 
worked with Desert Compass, we worked with Nickel, and also this local boutique. I reached out to her and I was like, hey, like, I, I had this dream, like, all summer long, Jade and I, we wanted to, like, do this pool party. Man, we just, like, hustled all year. We couldn't find a pool, blah, blah, blah. It was, like, you know, we just don't have pools here. I don't know what the deal is. Like, it's just not a doable thing. But Desert Compass, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's kind of like an Airbnb, but it's really cool. It's an old town. Okay. She, like, redid the whole space. Like, you need to check out the Desert Compass on Instagram. It is good. Um, it's so Southwestern. It's, like, beautiful. And so she has this really cool – it's, like, I think it's, like, a feeder tub, like, when you, like, for the cows – to drink water out of yeah. like one of those but they convert it into this little pool so i was like oh my gosh okay so we're gonna do this i got this amazing woman her name is linda love struck is her boutique and i was like hey i saw i see a bathing suits would you want to collaborate so i mean everyone donated t skies which is a local jewelry company they're amazing you should have chef on he's a really cool dude if you haven't met him he actually reaches out to local artists who are maybe selling like on the streets of old town and things like that. And he gives them an actual studio to work in. Oh, wow. And he facilitates this beautiful, you know, creative energy that we have here. We have so many talented artists here in New Mexico. It's like stupid (laughs) how talented people are, you know? Um, So he donated a bunch of like earrings and necklaces. I just was like, so overwhelmed with people's generosity and that they trusted me that much to be able to do something. And I think that they, you know, meeting me, they're like, okay, this, like, she's a real person. Like, she's not just doing this for something. Like, she's doing this for, like, a bigger something. And I, coming out of the pandemic, people needed a place to meet each other again. And as an adult, oh my gosh, it is so hard to find people to meet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like if you're not just like going to a bar trying to pick somebody up, like what are you even doing? You know? And so I was like, okay, well, how can we like give this safe space for people to actually meet real friends, not social media friends, but yes, it does help build your social media too, because these are actual real people you're connecting with now true engagement they're not just liking your stuff because you liked them too it's because you actually met each other and now you're actual friends and so it kind of from that it just didn't look back well that's what albuquerque needs because before the pandemic obviously this wasn't a great place for people to be unfortunately and post pandemic i mean small businesses unfortunately a lot of them closed down uh, and if they did stay afloat, the revenues went down. But on the outside of the pandemic, you know, is when a lot of art came up. And exactly what you just said, what I found doing this is there is a ton of talented people here in Albuquerque. And I would say there's obviously some outliers and with every other demographic of people, but everyone wants to help. But they're not going to. I've noticed like everyone wants to help you. You have to approach, you have to like bring your stuff to the table. You have, and again, build that trust because there is a lot of just, unfortunately there are some shady people and there are some people that have their own eat. Not even if they're just doing nefarious things, they just kind of want their own gain and there's no real transactional engagement right. and it's kind of one-sided and you're kind of, you kind of felt robs like, well, not that I needed something out of this, but it would have been nice to like, Get a thank you, <laughs> you know. But there's a ton, a ton of towns to be like. I've had the opportunity to sit down with like a lot of the stand-up comedians here, a couple of local artists, like a couple of bands that are here, um, and I've become great friends with them. Unfortunately, surprisingly, but there is a lot of really great artists here, and I feel like the more that 
the more effort is kind of put into that and building a community of just art here. Like I love the art walk. Whoever came up with that, like I think that single-handedly helped save the like the local entertainment here in Albuquerque. Did you ever get the chance to go down to that? I have done the art walk and I'm good friends with Mark Baker who owns 505 Central Food Hall. Oh, okay. And they're cool. like a big staple mm-hmm. for the art walk. And yeah, I would love to sit down with him because cool. I love that place. I think oh it's Oh my neat. gosh. Mark is phenomenal. Do you know that he also owns Humble downtown? He also owns Humble and Lomas. No and idea. he's also part owner in High and Dry Brewery. Oh, okay. And part owner also in Public House, which just opened over on Copper. And I've heard of it. I've Carlisle heard of it. Carlisle yeah. over there. Oh my gosh. Public House is a vibe. It's really good. <laughs> Everything Mark does is like awesome. He was actually one of the interviewees I had on when we did the summer series. Since okay. I was off for the summer, yeah. I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? This is last summer, not this, just summer we had. Um, and I was like, man, okay, what's the concept? Taste of summer. And so we spotlighted a different restaurant every single week during the summer. So I think we did like nine restaurants maybe. Oh, wow. And so Mark was one of the people that we worked with. And then we interviewed Andrew for High and Dry because he's really the staple there. Interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. See, I just, I think stuff like that is what's, because like our, obviously our economy is not too great. The general just happiness of the city of the state is not too great, but stuff like that. Because people like want, especially post-COVID, people want, like you're saying, they want to go out and meet people. They want to go out and be social. Even if they don't even want to go meet someone new, they want to take their friends, their girlfriend, their wife, husband, whatever it is, and just go do something. Yep. But then feel safe doing it. Yep. Like then when I first heard about the Art Walk Happens, like, okay, that's awesome. It's a great concept. Where is it happening? On Central. Are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Are you? I'm going downtown? Yeah. Like, oh, are, you, okay. are you positive? Because like, <laughs> I think a positive thing that's been going on for a while is the cops will just, they don't even try to control it. They just section off downtown Thursday through Sunday mm-hmm. at night, which is a great idea. Let the drunks wander and waddle and, you know, you just kind of watch and make sure nothing stupid happens. But that's about as much as they've been doing. And so the fact that they had Central completely open, you can drive through it. And I, I thought that was a huge risk personally. I was like, wow, that's, you're going to put money into that. Let's see. It. And then they've done it, what, three times, four times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I it's think beautiful. So. That was awesome. I think yeah. it's great. And then uh, a friend of mine, uh, Robert Gibson, he has a podcast as well, and he's a stand up. And this last one, they actually did a live podcast down there. Cool. And they're just talking to people as they're up, going up and down the street. And it's stuff like that. And another friend of mine, Sarah, she owns a, a pottery company here. Uh, shout out to Sarah Peanut Pottery. She's fucking phenomenal um they she and her boyfriend that run it they had their own booth and their own stand and i was like this is this is what albuquerque needs like this looks like a modern because it feels like to me like albuquerque tends to be like eight to ten years behind everybody this is true you know what i mean like for whatever (laughs) reason we just didn't get the memo on how to be normal and but seeing stuff like that is it's hopeful you know what i mean it's it's very it's very hopeful to me that we can actually do that and then make it again the big thing is safe and that people can trust that, you know, they're going to be like, I don't really like to, I don't really enjoy the term like safe space, but like legitimately like a safe place to be. Yeah. Like where it's like, no one's going to get hurt. And if something stupid does happen, you know, actions are going to be taken accordingly. Right. And it's like, this thing, that's a really positive thing that's been going on. And, to, and then knowing that people are so interconnected with each other, like you obviously are. I mean, that's awesome. That's great. Like how how has that kind of opened your eyes to Albuquerque and to New Mexico as you've been meeting all these people that 
are so ingrained in oh the my community. gosh i love it even more i was like that's why i love this place it's so amazing and like there's such potential like what you were saying here and because we are a little bit behind it's like even like better because it's like okay well we see what's big we see what's going so if you're a little bit even in touch you can say okay this is like the direction we need to be going people um and so i just i, I think that you know, going to these different places, seeing the energy that people are willing to put into businesses. And I don't know if you found this too, when something opens, everyone's there, right? Everyone loves the new thing yeah, <laughs> and they love it for a couple of months and then they love the new, new thing. <laughs> and so part of my personal agenda is what I have is not just highlighting the space when it first opens, but creating lifelong relationships with these businesses. So it's not just something like, oh, well, I want to come in and like, we want food and then this is great and bye. Right. That's not what I'm about. It's yeah. like, well, who are you? How did you get into this? This is really cool. And then what are we doing next? So in your opinion for places that would open up or new spots, like I saw that too. Um, and a couple of places come to mind where they opened up and it was a great opening weekend. Things were awesome. And then it they like... Fizzle. They like did so good. They peaked already. Yeah. And then they kind of just go... And then, you know, just kind of just... even Not that like small businesses should just peak and continue to soar that's never going to happen but just it, the drop off here is kind of crazy right um in your opinion and interacting with a bunch of small business owners and just all the conversations you've had and the experience you've had running your own like what um like how, what how do you promote longevity yeah you got to keep it fresh <laughs> you know so you have to be coming out with new things on your menu i think social media is an amazing way to keep people coming back because you can spotlight what you're doing it's pretty much free advertisement and i know that people you know think with social media oh yeah, it's intimidating it's a lot of work well yeah because it's going to help you like yeah. you know anything that you want is worth the work though and the more you do it the more easy it becomes with anything in life but if you already like have put it on the shelf and you're like oh that's just not for me well of course it's not going to be for you but if you're like hey you know this is hard for me but I do see that it is an opportunity to share my business to show what I'm doing because again everyone loves a story and through social media you can share your story these businesses don't just show what you're doing show who you are behind it right show the inner workings show the good, show the bad, yeah. like humanize yourself because people love to see that. And don't, you know, be afraid to be human on social media. That's okay. I was going to say, so like, <laughs> that's a very good point. Like, what does that, what does that mean to you when you do your own page? Like, how do you bring more? Like, cause you obviously want to show the best parts of things, but a lot of people know that like life is not, you know, sunshine and rainbows 24 hours a day. But like, how do you, uh, personally, like, show your own like the human side of who you are the human side of what your um approach is to these small businesses to these events you put on and they seem pretty like you just had one last week right yes a couple weeks ago we did gather was our last one it was like september 25th ish yeah <laughs> somewhere around there maybe 23rd the 23rd yeah so like i guess it's like a two-parter i guess like how do you like, bring your own humanity to your social media and then what do you um, extrapolate from that to put on these events, like make it feel warm and welcome. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do try to talk 
on my stories. So a lot of time people don't necessarily like to show their face, talk. I try to do a check-in in the morning, like a good morning little like, hey, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> like you're killing it. Even if you don't think you are, you are because you got up today. Like it's, you know, those small little battles that we have every single day that we're fighting, right? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> you're all, yes, check, Me this morning, check. yeah. <laughs> you this morning, yeah. yeah. I mean, with this rainy weather, it's like, how do I even do anything? <laughs> I'm like, well, I miss summer already. I'm a big summer girl, so my heart is like slightly breaking <laughs> inside every day. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but, okay, creating like that same welcoming, well, I always make sure I go up to every person that comes to our events. I introduce myself. Um, I ask them their name and I ask them what they do and why they're there. Simple as that. Yeah. Just taking the time. Yeah. No, that's, people don't take time. Well, that's, that's a really <laughs> good piece of advice. I got that piece of advice from two people, my friend Robert that I brought up. And then, uh, I, I've become friends with the guys. Uh, There's a band called Slums of Harvard. Have you heard of them? I haven't, but I guess they're, I need to listen. They're yes, great. are they? they are great. They're local. Yeah, yes. local band. They just had a show at Marble, packed to the cool. brim, like packed to the brim. And then, like, it was already packed. Everyone's already pretty buzzed. And then this bus pulls up with a Uh-oh. wedding party, and they pile. Things up. got oh, good. My, oh my god, <laughs> they put on a great show. Um, but they, uh, especially the lead singer, his name's Leroy, great guy. He, he told me, like, yeah, like before the show, I mean, I'm kind of in my own space trying to, um, I'm trying to like get, get my head right, try to like figure out where I'm at. But me and some of the other guys will actually go out and say hi to these people. The same thing with my buddy Robert, who's a stand-up. Right. He'll go out and he like, well, his mindset was, I'm going to say a lot of dirty shit on stage. Right. And so if I go out and say hi to these people, not only does it bring them into the show, make them more feel a part of it, but it also shows that like I'm me. And then Buck D's a character. Right. This is a brash, rude, just irreverent, you know, but funny, you know, stand-up, but... You know, at the other end, I'm just I'm just a dude trying to tell jokes and entertain. Right. And he I, humanized himself. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's a big like a big part of an event is you don't want to just show up either it's yourself or you and your date, your friends. It's kind of just be like in an island. Right. And so to feel like I think community is one of the biggest parts of Albuquerque anyway because of the Hispanic culture, mm-hmm. uh, community and family. But being able to bring that to like new things that pop up, bring that up to the more maybe like the more violent parts of town to be able to build that is really good. Right. Because, I mean, the whole saying, like, feeling alone in a crowded room, nobody wants that. Nope. It's just when everyone else is having fun and you're just like, why Why are we here? Yeah, you're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I could be, like, home watching Netflix. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I could be home watching Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. That's so much more fun. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I, I think one, like, having a theme – People like that showing like what we're doing behind the scenes so they know what to expect. Um, I also like, you know, I'll share maybe what I'm wearing or things like that because a lot, I do get people that reach out to me and they'll say like, Ashley, I would love to come to your event, but I'm like not a social person. Um, I want to come to your event, but blah, blah, you know, like, and I'm like, well, you know, that's like in your own head. Like, I think that they maybe have like a, a certain level of expectation they have for their own self. Yeah. And it's like social cue is just what it needs to be for you. Like, yeah. I, I don't even feel like necessarily, necessarily like social cues mine. It's like ours because it wouldn't be anything with any of the people showing up. Like, it's it's not really about me. It's never been about me. 
Well, I think that's an important message to put out there is that it is a part of a community. Because I know, especially for me, before I even started touching, I've had a Facebook, I've had an Instagram, but I haven't really cared about it. It's the way I stay connected to a bunch of people. I met a lot of people uh, in high school because I went down to the military school in Roswell. And so that's just like a melting pot of the globe. Like mm-hmm. I think anywhere between 19 to 23 different countries get represented at any given school year, which is ridiculous. And so I mainly just use social media to stay in contact with people, but certainly like looking at people who have like more of a presence, people who go out and like put on these events in the community, you kind of just looking at that from the outside in, it's like, oh, that's like so far up there. That's like, um, it's like Camelot, you know, it's like so far <laughs> up there. It's like, I don't even know if I could touch that. I'm not a part of that crowd. So I think it's a good message to put out. You can bring people and like, no, this is for everybody. There's, there's yep. not a... Uh, a barrier to entry. There's not a price point to entry. Absolutely. So that's, that's a big problem here in, in Albuquerque. I feel like with um, a lot of like the average individuals, like they maybe stay away from different parts of town, not because of violence, but because of it's so nice there. I don't think I belong. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, for sure. And especially now that like with the economy, the way it's going, it's like, Oh, am I going to, even if the event could be completely free, and open to walk in. You don't have to pay money. It's just a social event. Even if it is that way, if it looks super nice, if it looks like it's like the effort that's put in isn't always like what's up front. It's like, oh man, like that's kind of a little too a little too much for me. <laughs> well, no, it's it, it's out of my proverbial right. price point. Gotcha. I, so I think like bringing that forward, like this is this social cues for everybody. I think that's super important. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm like, you know, you can show up in like leggings, like we don't <laughs> care, show up in sweats. And like, we're really trying to get more guys to come. Like, it's not just for women. I was going to ask, it's like, not. is a lot of your stuff more predominantly for a, a female community or is it just, I mean, doors are open. Doors are open. <laughs> like, it's all just creating community. So yeah. like, it gives you an opportunity to go out. You can meet people for your podcast, you know, an opportunity. It's just like, because it's like already this like little community that we have. And it's again, like you had mentioned the idea of that safe space, you know, that someone's going to show up because a lot of time in, you know, Albuquerque people flake on you last (laughs) minute, the town of Manana, right. For a reason tomorrow, tomorrow, but I'm like, it's today and we're going to be there today and we'll be there. Like, show up. We'll be there. Don't worry. Um, You know, our last one was like glitter and gather, but there's no reason a guy can't rock glitter. (laughs) There's no reason. I mean, the 70s wouldn't have lived without it, right? (laughs) So it's for anyone, anyone who needs it. But it's like really is. And we have like ride and dies who are seriously there every single month. And I love them. And they're my friends. They're my family. And they, you know, they tell Jade and I like, man, I just didn't even know like what I was really doing maybe a year ago, but this has just really helped me because it's an opportunity to speak about what you're doing. It gives you confidence and maybe what you're trying to do on social media too. If you're being a content creator, if you're trying to, you know, share your business, if you're an esthetician, if you are a yoga instructor, if you're a podcaster, if you are an artist, it doesn't matter what you're doing. We're all there to celebrate each other and what you're doing and to support you. And that's what it's all about. No, I think that's awesome. And the fact that with the rise of social media and the rise of just tech in general, I mean, there's so 
many different avenues to make a career. Not just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a fun thing I do to put up videos or to put up content or whatever it is. Like, no, like you can, you start, let's say you're a painter or you're a woodworker or whatever it is. You make your art. You have an Instagram page. It pops off after a while. You get orders and then you just start. Now you have it, your small business. Right. It's not as easy as that. Right. I wish it was easy as that. But like the path is there, which is so wild to me. I still can't wrap my head around it. But it's, it's awesome. I think it's great for people that like have that like <clears throat> that entre- entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the, I think this is the best time to do it. I agree. Despite the world actively burning around us, I think like this is the best time to do it. You know, just put on the rose color shades. I told you, <laughs> Noah. Just like put them on. It's fine. The world can be burning around you. It gives you a tan. I don't know. <laughs> You're fine. It's fine. You just like soak it up. Just take it and move forward. This is the positive energy I needed today. That's <laughs> fucking fantastic. It's giving me a tan. It's giving me a tan, so I'm fine. And everyone looks better when they have a tan. Yes. <laughs> so before we uh, before we close out, so I'm really curious though, where where do you see like what's your vision? Like where do you see all this going? Like do you want to stay in New Mexico or do you kind of want to like build a brand, branch out, or do you just want to completely like help revitalize the state? Yes. Well, I will definitely be here in New Mexico. I love it here. Like I go to other places that they don't excite me the same kind of way. And my husband's business is a Kiva fireplace manufacturing company. So it's very here. A Kiva. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's badass. That's it's awesome. It's really cool. It's that's called awesome. Adobe light. You'll have to check it out on the gram too. I know, I've actually heard of it actually. That's so funny. You have. That's oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah. So that's my husband that no does shit. that business. Yeah, his dad started that in their garage. So it's like talk about someone who sees something and takes an opportunity. Man, he definitely saw that. He's like, man, you know, stacking all those bricks, that's taking way too long. We can do it better. <laughs> you know, like that's you just, cool. it just takes like, a, it just takes someone with an idea, a vision, that entrepreneur spirit that you were talking about and taking it to, you know, that next step. So social cue will always be here. I'll be here. I mean, my goal is to finish out my next nine years as an educator here at APS. You know, I got to get that pension. That was part of my, you know, part of my original goal. I'm very, yeah. I'm very like, if I have a goal, I will stick to it. Like a lot of people, I think that they do struggle because they're not consistent. Well, the average Americans, which is their job every two and a half years. Yeah. So if you're not consistent, how can you, Right. how can you do anything if you're not consistent? So I think that that's a huge thing with social media too is consistency. And I mean, that's the challenge of it. Yeah. That's with anything though. Consistency. It's so important. It's part of the discipline you were talking about earlier. Um, So, but it could branch out, right? Yeah. Or it will. (laughs) Got to change the narrative always, (laughs) right? It's how you say it. The universe is always listening. It's always listening. So the goal is to give this opportunity for other influencers, content creators, I don't care who you are, but if you want to be part of the Social Q fam, why can't it be Social Q underscore AZ, Social Q underscore CA, Social Q underscore NYC? It's awesome. You know, it can can be what it needs to be. Um, And so I, again, am a dreamer and I am totally you know, letting it be what it needs to be for other people. I have some good friends in some other places. And now that Social Cue, you know, hit its one year birthday, August. Thank you. Um, man, next year, we'll see what we're celebrating. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm here for it. That's great. 
I, uh, I'm really happy for, I'm happy for everything you're doing. And, uh, like I said, it's hopeful, like inspiring for sure. But like, I think hope is even better. Yeah. I think, thank you. I think, I, th- I think hope lasts longer. True. So that's, that's awesome what you're doing. And I can't wait to see where it goes. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm that's helping great. the littles. I'm helping the bigs. <laughs> I'm doing what I can to help foster, um, positive energy in this very beautiful space that needs it. That's awesome. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. This For is, sure. This has been a pleasure. It's been really fun. I feel like we have a lot more we still need to talk about. So yes. maybe I'll come back. I would love to have you back anytime. <laughs> um, well, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks, thank Noah. So that was fun. Much.